Hello, and welcome to episode one of Brain Gain. I'm your host, Lindsay Crenn, and today I'll be kicking off the very first episode with the topic of pre-performance routines. But before I get started, let me tell you a bit about why we are here. When we think about sport and exercise, especially as spectators, we often misinterpret the skills involved. We see the perfect tennis serve, the precision of a golf swing, a flawless series of passes followed by an impressive three-pointer, and we are amazed by the amount of physicality required by the athletes performing these skills. What we cannot see, however, is the extent to which psychological skills play for an athlete to be successful in their role. And whether we see an athlete succeed or fail, we often contribute the outcome to the individual's physical ability instead of also taking into consideration their mental preparedness and mental toughness. So just like physical skill sets, psychological skills need to be practiced to improve mental toughness. Psychological skills, like pre-performance routines, also help regulate arousal levels, develop one's ability to relax during pressure moments, maintain motivation, enhance confidence, increase focus, and improve concentration. When these skills are developed, athletes and exercisers can benefit from increased enjoyment, enhanced performance, and a greater level of self-satisfaction. So now that you have a bit better understanding of the why, let's jump right into our discussion. So one of the first things we need to do to challenge these assumptions of the mere physicality of sport is to acknowledge that participation in sport or exercise is not only 100% physical, but also 100% mental. And when considering mental preparedness, pre-performance routines are a great starting point. So what exactly are pre-performance routines? In the article, the Psychology of Concentration in Sports Performance, Aidan Morin defined a pre-performance routine as a sequence of task-relevant thoughts and actions which an athlete engages in systematically prior to his or her performance of a specific sports skill. So these pre-performance routines can be used by anyone participating in sport, completing specific exercise programs, or any type of physical activity that requires mental preparation. However, despite its broad usage, today I'll mainly be focusing on its effectiveness for college athletes competing in closed skill sports. So before I go into the effectiveness of pre-performance routines, I'd like to give you a real-world example in the sport of tennis just to give you a better idea of what I'm talking about. So for those of you who are familiar with professional tennis, you have probably heard of Rafael Nadal. Nadal is a male tennis player from Spain who's been playing playing as a professional level for 20 years. He has been ranked top three in the world for most of those 20 years, number one for five of those years, and is currently ranked number two at the age of 34. Nadal is a prime example for today's episode as he has several extreme pre-performance rituals and quirks that have obviously worked well for him as he has been at the top of his sport his entire career. The most notable of his rituals are the excessive adjustments he makes prior to each of his serves. So let me just walk you through to give you a better understanding of what that looks like. So when Nadal steps up to the service line, he tugs at his shorts, touches his left shoulder, then his right shoulder. He then touches his nose, his left ear, his nose again, and then his right ear. He does all of this with his right hand while he's bouncing the ball with the racket in his left hand. Now, just for context, a male tennis player will serve an average of 157 times per match. So can you imagine going through that whole entire sequence 157 times over the course of a couple hours? 
personally think it is a bit extreme, but for Nadal, each move likely serves a purpose as he is known to be an incredibly consistent server. So as I continue, some of you may be wondering, well, how is this routine or ritual any different than a superstition? And I'd like to point out that there is a difference, but obviously sometimes the line can get a little blurry as many people consider rituals and superstitions to be one and the same. So going back to understanding a pre-performance routine, it follows a sequence of task-related thoughts and actions, while a superstition is simply a belief that a certain action will lead to a certain outcome, often created by a backward chain of previous success. So let me give you some examples of superstitions so you, so you have a better idea of how they stand apart from pre-performance routines. One example in the world of baseball is when pitchers get freaked out when someone who is not a pitcher steps foot uh, on or near the pitcher's mound, also known as their circle of power. This can fluster them so badly that they'll go into a funk and perform poorly. And for position players, they also want to avoid it, lest they be cursed by a slump. Other superstitions in professional sport include excessive Mountain Dew consumption, wearing a baseball cap inside out, eating chicken before every game, talking to goalposts, peeing on the pitch, dunking hockey sticks in toilets, wearing thongs, not shaving during playoffs, and the list goes on. The point I make here is that most of these are created from that backward chain of events. An athlete or a team is doing poorly, then one day a player decides to eat chicken or drink a Mountain Dew before a game, and then they win. Then they associate that win to the behavior that is completely unrelated to the sport or performance and having to repeat that pattern every single time thereafter. So obviously, superstitions a little bit different than pre-performance routines. As you can see, uh, they're not at all related to the sport or performance, and often there's no thought involved. Uh, and so stepping away from superstition, I want to explain why pre-performance routines actually work well. So when athletes use pre-performance routines, it enables them to actually create neuromuscular pathways in the brain that inform the muscles to complete a series of actions. This helps athletes develop an optimal mindset to achieve a desired outcome based on a specific task. And it supports the athlete in maintaining a sequence of consistent thoughts and actions based on situational demands. So going back to the example of Nadal, it's clear that what I shared only describes a physical set of actions or behaviors. However, as I mentioned, the purpose of these pre-performance routines is to tie in an athlete's actions with their thoughts prior perform to performing a specific skill. I would also like to go a step further to say that it incorporates not just an athlete's thoughts and actions, but also their feelings. So I like to consider it kind of like a feedback loop of a thought plus a feeling plus an action that helps to create a desired outcome. Then the cycle is repeated the exact same way during every performance in order for the resulting outcome to occur. So these routines uh, are really supportive of um, an athlete's physical and mental preparedness, uh, and it gives them a sense of control, helps calm their anxiety, helps them stay grounded and focused. 
So now that you have a better understanding of its effectiveness, I'm going to transition into sharing a step-by-step -step process for creating your own pre-performance routine while incorporating uh, sport-specific examples. And just for consistency, I'll stick with examples uh, focused around a routine for a tennis serve. Step one is preparation. So you want to make your thoughts positive and use breathing to release any excess tension. So in, in tennis, just think about when a volley ends, both athletes are walking back um, generally to the service line. So as an athlete is walking back to the service line, they can start to be thinking about positive thoughts, slowing their breathing um, from a potentially long volley, and kind of just getting into that mindset uh, and ready to serve. The second step is visualization. So using imagery to help visualize how you would like to execute, execute the skill in an optimal state. Also considering how you feel when performing at your best. So um, a tennis player would start developing an image in their head uh, as they begin to the bounce the ball, most likely. Uh, and also just on its own, bouncing a tennis ball is useful uh, because it allows the athlete to actually check the ball quality. So during this phase, an athlete um, will be visualizing the whole entire process of that serve and where the ball is going to land. And the next step would be focus. So applying breathing to help control your arousal level and focus on a few key words. So thinking about the behaviors and thoughts that you can control. So for a tennis player, after they stop bouncing the ball, they're going to be throwing the ball up into the air and then taking that swing and imagining where that ball is going to land on the opposite side of the net. So turning one's attention to breathing to focus on that desired outcome. And when it comes to keywords, a really good keyword, at least for a tennis player, would be the word ace. Uh, if you're not aware, an ace is a serve uh, that is not touched by the receiver. So it's really the desired outcome um, to serve such a great um, serve that you're opposing player is not going to be able to hit it back to you. And so that fourth step is the actual performance as you begin to complete the task at hand while remaining present and mindful. So that part is throwing the ball into the air, pulling the racket back and swinging. So after you complete the first, these first four steps, you want to consider taking a moment to debrief and ask yourself the following questions. Did you apply every single step of your routine? Are you consistent with the behaviors used in your routine and what could be improved next time? So as you continue to develop your routine, try to be really intentional about each step in the process and always evaluate what worked well and what still needs a bit of tweaking in the future. So now that you understand how to create your pre-performance routine, I'd like to end by sharing a few key recommendations to help you maximize success in your specific skill, whatever that may be. First off, be patient with yourself as you begin to establish the routine. Change obviously doesn't happen overnight and try not to fall into that trap that practice makes perfect. The important part is consistency. Consistency is key. And when you have a consistent, sustained practice, you will make progress over time. Also do what works best for you. Everyone develops their own personalized routines, so don't waste your time doing something that works for someone else. Figure out what you need to do to be successful in your own practice and keep at it. 
Also remember to be flexible as your skills develop, as you may need to make small changes along the way. Be task specific and conscious of time constraints. As we saw with Nadal, his ritual worked really well for him, but it was pretty excessive and a little bit time consuming. Finally, focus on the task at hand despite external distractions. You are only in control of your thoughts, your behaviors, and your physical and mental states. However, if you know there will be distractions in your competition, try recreating those distractions while in your practice environment so you can better be better prepared to respond to situations out of your control. And if you get distracted during your routine, just start again. So you may see, if you've ever watched tennis, um, the server may throw the ball into the air and not swing. They may notice that they feel a little bit off and they just have to restart that routine and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so just be kind to yourself, be patient, uh, and just allow yourself to develop the skills on your own time. All right, so that wraps up this episode on pre-performance routines. Thank you for joining me on my first episode of Brain Gain, where I break down the basic methods for developing psychological skills for athletes, exercisers, or anyone of any age working to enhance their mental toughness. All the best to you uh, on working to develop your own pre-performance routines. And in the words of Edmund Mbaka, always remember the strength of your mind determines the quality of your life. Thank you.